I'm Emily Swinford, and with some help from my friend, Todd Studer at Todd Studer Productions, you are listening to Emily Sells Iowa, the podcast. Join me, my colleagues, clients, and friends as we discuss real-life real estate. Please note that the opinions and content of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, any realtor associations, or any other persons or entities. If your property is listed with a real estate broker, please know that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. If you're interested in buying or selling properties, what is happening in your community, or what's new in the real estate world, then this podcast is for you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Emily Sells Iowa. I'm Todd Studer. In studio today, Emily Swinford with Better Homes and Gardens, the Good Life Group in Glenwood in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Emily, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year. Happy whatever it is that you want to say happy to. We'll, we'll go as far as Valentine's Day if you want. But this is going to be a fun podcast today because we're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, I'm really excited and also finally back in the studio because I think the last two episodes we've recorded have been remote. Still kind of getting over a little cold here that kind of ran its course through my house and I know through several several other people's homes over the holiday. So hope everybody's feeling better, but I'm happy to be back. So my voice is, is not 100%, but I am here and feeling much better. So you sound just like everyone else that's yeah, out there right now. It's exactly. it, it's it's rough. I got sick myself for a while and and have just now finally gotten over the dry cough that I heard people say, Oh, it lasts about three weeks after this thing, and that's about where it was. So Yep, just that time of year and part of it, but that's a, a good thing in real estate when things tend to slow down over the Christmas week, at least um, I didn't have to cancel appointments or it didn't disrupt business too much. Well, that's true because everything does slow down a little bit during uh, the Christmas season and it could have been much worse. If this happened in June, <laughs> you would have, uh, <laughs> it would have been a much more difficult thing for you to try to reschedule around. Yeah, let's, and- let's talk about what's going on today though with... Uh, yeah. Uh, first, Todd, though, uh, I do want to recap because I know we have talked a lot about the wrapping event. And, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, please. And, yeah, M&M wraps for charity. Yes, and that was on December 20th. So we donated $433 to the Mills County Storehouse uh, last week. What is that? Uh, that is a food pantry and uh, kind of a secondhand store where um, people can donate quality items and uh, folks can come in and be able to purchase those items at a very affordable rate, but still get uh, you know, nice items that are donated by the community. And then they also have the food pantry there as well. How was the reception as you were doing that? At, you were at Keg Creek, is that right? Yeah, we were at Keg Creek Brewing Company. We had a great turnout. It was it was the perfect pace. So I think next year we'll be able to grow it into something much larger. But I think what we learned this year, we'll be able to implement some changes next year. And again, we raised over $400 and uh, lots of last minute shoppers coming in. They seem to really enjoy the event. And I think had we had more quote unquote business, I think uh, it would have gotten a little stressful just kind of figuring out how not to lose people's gifts and, <laughs> well, that's you know, true. And, and what our system was. So next year is going to be great, but just kind of wanted to recap on how much money we were able to raise and donate. And so Emily Prickett and I put that together, but we had about uh, 10 to 15 volunteers. So it was a very, very much a group effort for our community. Anytime that you can have something that works out to be a success, that just makes you feel good, makes everybody feel good. Uh, that's a part of it. So congratulations on, on was, putting all that together. It was a great time. Today, we uh, have a special guest in studio on Emily Sells Iowa. It's kind of like, um, I was just thinking that if the cast of Cheers showed up and the cast of Friends and they all got together, that's kind of where we're at right now today. Well, I want to come to that party. <laughs> <laughs> but we are uh, bringing in Blake Hunter, who also has a podcast. Yeah, so I'll let Blake introduce himself. But Blake and I have become um, obviously colleagues and then um, have worked together with our 
Realtor Association on several different projects, and we both have podcasts, and they're similar, but they're different, but they're both here at the studio, and we thought it would be really fun to kind of do a dual recording. So um, as we're recording this, we're going to kind of talk about a few things, and then we're going to record Blake's, and um, I'll let him introduce himself and talk about his podcast a little bit. Uh, But today we're going to talk about uh, just some basic misconceptions that people might have about real estate agents, what we do, how we get paid, and so then uh, when we record Blake's podcast next, we're going to talk about some basic myths and misconceptions about real estate transactions. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope that everybody that's listening will listen to both. Uh, so yeah, I'll let Blake introduce himself here a little bit. Yeah. So number one, thanks, Todd, for calling me a special guest. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, number two, I'd like to know if I'm the Cheers cast or the Friends cast. Um, but... with, the, with the beard, you have kind of a Frasier thing going on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, I think that Emily and I both doing these podcasts, we have a similar vision with them, have similar goals. My podcast is called Hunting Home, and you can find it in all the same places that you can find Emily's podcast. And I am a uh, realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Ambassador Real Estate, and I am licensed in Iowa and Nebraska. So do about half my business in Southwest Iowa and the other half um, in the Omaha Metro. And uh, yeah, like Emily said, we're just going to kind of talk about, you know, we met, we spoke previously and thought, let's talk about some things that we get asked frequently or the misconceptions that we hear from clients um, or people just talking about real estate in general. And uh, I'm excited to be able to uh, have that discussion with another real estate agent and kind of see what, what she's hearing and see if they're similar to things that, that I'm hearing. Well, let's find out, Emily. What are some of the things that you're hearing and some of the misconceptions that you would like to address? All right. So uh, Blake and I were kind of chatting and we wrote down a few here, but um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that uh, people have is how real estate agents get get paid. And Blake and I, we can only talk to our experiences. And, and I don't know if different states have different laws or different brokerages have different uh, ways, you know, that they get paid. But uh, based on our experiences in Southwest Iowa, Omaha metro area, real estate agents are paid purely on a commission basis. And so what that means is we do not get a base salary. And that's a really, really good thing in some ways. Uh, but I think a lot of people don't realize that we are, for the most part, self-employed. Although we fall under a brokerage, we have to follow the real estate commission rules of the Iowa code and laws. We also have to follow standards that the National Association of Realtors and the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors put out. And then we have to follow the rules that our brokerages have for us. Um, But other than that, we are self-employed. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So uh, every real estate agent is is different in how they do their business. We have a lot of freedom and a lot of choices. So for the most part, it's it's a great thing. But I think, how did you put that, Blake, earlier? Well, I always say no sale, no make. You know, that's, I think the great thing about real estate, I mean, why I love it is that the sky's the limit. Um, but you also are counting on yourself only to make it. And I think that's why, you know, I think it's like, in Iowa, it's like 87% of new agents don't make it to that three-year renewal because that first couple of years, that's that's the hardest part is building your client base. And so, you know, you might go, you might get your license and you might go six, eight months with no income. And so that's, you know, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do, um, getting started in the business. And on top of that, 
you know, no income part of it is you have expenses. You have expenses to be a real estate agent and you're running your own business. So just like any business has, you're going to have cost associated with, with doing so. Yeah, exactly. And then I think, um, another thing is just real estate commissions in general. So yes, we're commission based and uh, every agent's paid different. Uh, we call them broker splits. So, you know, uh, we have to split a certain percent of the commission with our with our brokerage. And that's a whole, I mean, it's it's really, we make it into rocket science. We do. And there's tons of different structures and options out there. So I won't get into that. But visiting with my clients, especially at that initial listing appointment, I found that there are so many people that think that there's a set real estate commission rate. So when you go to sell your house, you sign a listing agreement. And in that listing agreement, you and your agent work out what that real estate brokerage is going to be paid, uh, usually a percentage of the sale. And again, there's uh, not that's just typical. That's not necessarily the set in stone rule. Uh, but I think a lot of people think that there is a, a magic percentage out there that real estate agents charge. And that's not the truth. There's all sorts of situations and brokerages are able to set their own commission rates. And in fact, it's actually illegal for brokerages to collaborate and set a standard across the board commission rate for a certain geographical area. So that's that's actually illegal. So every brokerage uh, some agents have the freedom to set those rates. Uh, others, they have to follow you know, what their brokerages require. So there's a lot that goes into it. But just know that um, you might interview three different agents who have three different structures in terms of what you're going to pay them, and that it's important to explore those options. And whether or not they're negotiable, I don't know. That's going to be up to the person that you're working with and that you're interviewing. So it's just really important to talk to multiple agents to figure out what their pay structures are because – it's not standard across the board. And you get what you pay for, right? Generally. It, exactly. And it's not always the top. That That's actually the next myth that I kind of wanted to lead into. It's it's not always, although Blake and I, we've built a client base and have been doing, you know, doing this for a while and, and work on teams and have a lot of experience um, with all of our teammates. But you do, you get what you pay for. And that doesn't always mean that you need to hire the, the top producing agent or the one that is making the most noise on social media, although I, I feel like I, I make a lot of noise on social media, but that's also what works for me, and it's it's my personality. But you don't always have to work with the agent who's doing the most business, and in fact, you might oftentimes get better service if you don't. I mentioned on uh, my last episode talking about you know that interview process and taking – it's a huge financial decision, so – Take your time and, you know, interview a couple people and see what they have to offer. It's not just about that commission rate. Number one, what is that agent going to do for you? And then do you feel comfortable with them? Because you, you're going to need to feel comfortable. You're going to need to trust them. Um, so that's a huge part. You know, if, if they walk in the door and they have a great interview, they have the commission percent that you were looking, kind of thinking you would have. They, they offer you all the right things. They say all the right things, but you just don't feel comfortable. Maybe it's not a good match. So what Blake just said, uh, that 100% is true. And then also a lot of people think that all we do is market homes and that we're an advertising agency. And that's not true. We, You are hiring a real estate agent as a fiduciary to represent you and your best interests. And so making sure that you have a good fit with your real estate is important because they're guiding you through a transaction that has a lot of you know, ups and downs and a lot of ins and outs. And so you're hiring somebody to, to represent you during a transaction, not necessarily to market your home, although that is part of it. And sometimes, I mean, the marketing part obviously is important, but is actually a small piece 
to the whole real estate transaction when you, especially when you have home inspections, uh, you have issues with financing. There's so many things that happen after that initial marketing of that property that that's why it pays to have a good real estate agent that's on your team that knows how to negotiate, you know, for your behalf. How does it work when such as, well, let me ask the question, have you two ever been together on the same deal representing opposite sides before? Has that happened yet? Isn't that so funny? Blake and I have, we've really gotten to know each other, I'd say over the past two years. We were on the uh, golf bash committee for the um, Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors and then just have kind of grown our professional relationship since then. But I walked in here this morning and I said, have we ever done a deal together? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, we haven't. We haven't. But I think we have a lot in common in terms of how we talk to people and kind of how the foundations of our business. And so I think we just kind of naturally get along in that regard. So I'd love to do a deal with you. I have a couple listings you could come try to sell. I bet you do too. (laughs) And we've talked about this before is, you know, it's important to have good relationships with other real estate agents because you never know when you're going to run into them on a transaction. And it helps significantly when you get along with that person and that person uh, knows you a little bit. That, that way, the conversations are just easier. I think that um, messages get relayed much more pleasantly um, if there is some type of relationship there, which is super important, especially in when we're texting 95% of the time. Um, how someone picks up the phone and reads that text message will be significantly different if they know you or not. Yeah. And, and so it's just, unfortunately, Emily and I haven't had this, had an opportunity to have a transaction, but now that we have spoken about it, it'll happen sooner or later. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Which actually kind of brings me into the very last myth that I kind of had um, planned to hit on here is that a lot of people, I think there's a huge misconception with the public thinking that they're going to get the, they're going to get a better deal on a house by going through the listing agent. So I have a lot of people that walk into open houses or that call me on my sign. And the first thing we ask them is, do you have an agent that you're working with? Because we're not out there to steal other agents' business. That's just the ethical way to handle things. And a lot of times people will say, no, we're just going to try to call listing agents because we want to make sure we get you. The, you know, you're going to have both sides of the transaction, so potential to earn more money. And then in turn, we're going to get a better deal. And I'll tell you what, that at times it works out great, especially if you have a good ethical agent that is, you know, willing to work through that scenario with you. But nine times out of 10, it's going to be in your best interest to have a buyer's agent and to stick with them and to remain loyal to them. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that if you are going to be in a transaction, a dual agency transaction where the listing agent is representing both the buyer and the seller, that everything is laid out so that you understand what's going on. Um, You know, we have the documentation to provide to say, hey, this is dual agency so that, you know, we're covered on a legal basis. But uh, I think it's very important for the the parties involved to fully understand what that means, especially when it comes to the negotiation part of things like a home inspection, um, maybe some personal property. Uh, those things can get touchy when you have two parties dealing with one person um, you know, going back and forth, and that one person ultimately wants to get the deal put together. Um, So as long as everyone's aware, you know, I think that's the most important part. Yeah. And again, it just goes back to representation. And as a buyer, you need somebody to represent you and have your back as well. And the commission, like we talked about, is typically worked out in that listing agreement between the seller and and the seller's agent in the very beginning. So oftentimes that's not, um, you know, negotiable at the point uh, where a buyer's walking in you know, going through a listing agent, hoping to get a a better deal on the house. And at the end of the day, 
one to you know five thousand dollars isn't worth uh, being taken advantage of because you don't have your own representation. I think that what I'm hearing uh, from both of you is that it's important to have the conversation and it's important to feel comfortable asking any questions that you want to ask. I know uh, we've, I've heard from both of you before as you record your podcast that people think, oh, I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to ask a silly question. No, they're not silly. You know, you have the information that the home buyer or the home seller needs because they're not doing this multiple times every month. You are. So you that's why they hire you. And that's why it's important to work with someone that has that knowledge. So ask the questions. It doesn't matter whether you feel you should already know it or not. Ask anyway. Yeah, that's what we're here for. And that's why we're doing these podcasts is because we find ourselves repeating the same things over and over. And so this is just another platform to be able to get some of this information out. Yep, exactly. And like, I mean, I feel like I say it every day is I want people to feel comfortable asking those questions. I don't know what it is. I feel like a lot of the people, younger people, like even the first time home buyer, they think that they should know more about the transaction than they really should. I don't know why they, they feel like they need to know these things. Because that's why they hire us to represent them and to teach them. It's okay to ask questions. And they're really, when you're dealing with a huge financial decision, there is no dumb questions. I'd rather have that question asked than when it's too late. Some great information about some of the myths involved with uh, uh, realtors and real estate agents. And we're going to call this part one. And we have uh, an episode of Hunting Home that we hope you will tune into as well that uh, we'll talk more about some different myths that are involved with transactions with real estate. So all of that is still coming up. Uh, Blake, thank you very much for uh, being a guest on Emily Sells Iowa. We appreciate your willingness to work together. I think this is a, a, a testament to the type of relationships that you guys need to have with each other, that both of you willing to do this and uh, willing to share information in this way with everyone. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Excited for part two. And Emily Swinford is with Better Homes and Gardens, the Good Life Group in Glenwood and Council Bluffs, Iowa. Emily's podcast is called Emily Sells Iowa. We have new episodes coming out each week. So until next time, take care.